What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B Shape Daily. Let's talk some Cardinals baseball as the local nine has been making a push for the postseason. They're playing some really good baseball right now. We'll be breaking it down on the show here today on Monday, September 13th, following the Cardinals' victory over the New York Mets. They jetted up to City Field to take on the Metropolitans, another team contending for the wild card spot that everybody there in the middle of the National League table is vying for. The Cardinals are among those teams. The Reds are in that mix. The Cardinals just finished up two out of three over the weekend in St. Louis. We'll talk a little bit about that series as well on today's show. Cardinals are putting it together at the right time, and they're doing it primarily with the strength of their pitching. The pitching has been so good, whether you're talking starters or relievers in recent days, it's been true no matter how you slice it. But the offense on Monday in particular coming alive is notable because this Cardinals team throughout this season, it seems like we've talked about at times the pitching in very glowing terms. When they've been healthy in the rotation, they've been able to string together some pretty good starts. The bullpen I know has been up and down, but probably more good than bad overall, I would say. And that might be kind of tricky to to make that statement because there have been some times Notably so, even in the last couple of weeks where the Cardinals' bullpen has cost them games. But really, I think the backdrop to some of that is the fact that they had been picking up the slack for an offense that just hasn't been able to find consistency, and that's been going on all year. And so to lay too much of the blame at the feet of the bullpen when things aren't going well may not be entirely fair because you can look at some of those games and say, sure, they had a lead, but was it 3-2? to two? What you know? Yes, there have been some games that they have just outright blown because you're up by four or five runs and you turn around and you say, what happened? How did they lose this game? On those days, the bullpen is responsible. But a lot of times, it's not the way it goes. It's You're, you're grinding away those low-scoring games and you're hoping to be able to come away with wins. And when the bullpen doesn't get it done, it's easy to turn to them and say, well, why not? But... The last few days for the Cardinals, it's been really impressive what not only the bullpen has been able to do, but uh, some of the starting pitching they've been able to get as well. Want to start back on Saturday when the Cardinals took on the Reds in Game 2. They dropped Game 1, and that was one of those games, right? Friday night, Cardinals fall 4-2 to the Reds. They give up a couple of runs in the ninth inning to seal that loss, but it's another example. When the offense doesn't put up runs, that's certainly a possible outcome. And it was TJ McFarland that gave up the runs. You're not really going to complain too much about the performance that he has given the Cardinals since being acquired by John Mozeliak and company. Oh, there at the end of June, him and Luis Garcia coming in in a similar period of time. You're not really going to complain about the work those guys have done. And so when McFarland finally loses his scoreless streak on Friday, that would be to me one of the examples where you say, all right, It is what it is. This guy's been tremendous. He was a diamond in the rough that the Cardinals were able to find him and that he's been able to come in and solidify uh, or or help solidify the bullpen in many ways. And so you're not really too worried about that game, and you can lay that one at the feet of the offense. But I want to start on Saturday with some of the positives that we've seen from the Cardinals. Alex Reyes was involved in this one. He's been involved in several. We'll talk about his performance on Monday as well. 
but I just wanted to highlight him right off the jump because in that bullpen, he was one of those guys that you're looking and saying, oh boy, you you trusted and loved what he was doing in the first half. He was an all-star. He was fantastic. And then he's to the point where you don't want to see him in a close game, get him out of the closer role, and they do. But I think the ebbs and flows of a season, you're seeing an example of that here with Alex Reyes because he has been huge for the Cardinals over the last few days, and it's been in a variety of roles. I think you're going to start to see him kind of settle into that eighth-inning role with Giovanni Gallegos, those two flip-flopping, and Gio ending up in the ninth, and that could be the mixture that works for the Cardinals here moving forward. But wanted to highlight what he was able to do in that game on Saturday because he comes in in that eighth inning. And you could even go back a little further than that where Reyes had the fifth and sixth inning in the game back on Thursday against the Dodgers where that's not a role that he's accustomed to. That's not a typical Alex Reyes role. But he was able to come in into that game, solidify things in the middle innings, kind of be the bridge to the late inning relievers, which that day happened to be Garcia McFarland before they got to Gallegos. And so just the versatility I think you're seeing from this bullpen is really important for the Cardinals because you remember back early in the season, it was Cabrera, it was Reyes, it was Gallegos. It was those three. And if you had any other innings to cover or any other scenario where you had to have relievers come into games, and there were plenty because as Mike Schilt would remind often enough, you cannot pitch the same three guys every day. And so that was where the Cardinals ran into trouble in the first half because they had nobody else that they really felt confident in their abilities to to get you through some meaningful innings and now you've got McFarland and, and Luis Garcia those guys have looked really really good and have been able to contribute but I want to get back to Saturday because that was the Michaelis start it wasn't a great one he continues to kind of get bombarded by a couple of bad pitches in each outing he's been pretty efficient he stayed healthy that's a plus but he can't continue to have these outings where you know you leave pitches over the middle and he said I you know I need to be a little better about against some of the more premier hitters in opposing lineups, recognizing that I can't be over the middle as much as I have been. And so he made a couple of mistakes, and on Saturday that hurt him against the Cincinnati Reds. But that was where the Cardinals made their comeback and won a game after trailing by four runs for the first time all season, a true come-from-behind victory that they hadn't done at any point previous to that in 2021. And they were able to get that done. That was the tremendous home run by Nolan Arenado on Saturday, which came in the eighth inning and propelled the Cardinals after they were able to come back and tie the game. Nolan didn't do it all by himself that day. He did have a triple earlier in the contest, but you had some other offensive contributions as the Cardinals go from down four to tying things up in the sixth inning and then going ahead in the bottom of the eighth before you see Giovanni Gago shutting the door on Saturday. That's kind of the formula, and it hasn't been one that's worked for the Cardinals all season long where you haven't had a come-from-behind win. And so that was a step in the right direction on Saturday. Then take you to Sunday. Jay Happ getting his redemption against the Reds after you remember back on September 2nd when he had that start in Game 2 of the doubleheader. It was the day I tweeted, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if the Cardinals could go ahead and win this doubleheader and they will have swept the Reds and then see what the standings looked like. And, of course, they laid an egg. Jay Happ gave up seven runs in one inning plus. He didn't even get out of the second, didn't record an out in the second inning while allowing seven earned runs to the Reds. He said after the game on Sunday that he lost sleep during, or I should say due to that start, he lost sleep. Ever since that September 2nd game, he was not, you know, that was affecting the way he was going about his his nights and 
recognizing that he had another opportunity to take on the Reds. He took full advantage of it on Sunday, going five and a third, no runs. And for Jay Happ, I think this might have been his best start. I know he had a six-inning outing where he gave up just one run and a couple of hits. But for him on Sunday to go five and a third and not give up any runs and even the, the hits and walks, he only gave up three base runners, two hits, one walk on four strikeouts. Not not his deepest start of the season or, or his deepest start as a Cardinal, I should say, but uh, it was definitely timely as the Cardinals were able to finish off the Reds in two of three, draw a little closer in the standings, and that very night it was the Dodgers taking on the Padres. They were able to put them away with the heroics from Max Scherzer getting the 3,000 strikeouts, continuing to etch his name into the history book, nearly through a perfect game that night as well. But that's the Dodgers helping out the cause for the Cardinals as they continue to try to fight their way toward this wild card. And so you've got a situation then where coming into Monday against the Mets, you have to turn around and, and play on the East Coast, no off day. Another team, the Mets, were coming into this game on Monday at 500, and you're hoping to be able to do some damage and continue the positive impact that you've had in recent days. And the Cardinals offense shows up. I mean, how fantastic is that? on an Adam Wainwright day where you know you're going to get a good start. This guy deserves Cy Young votes. He continues to just absolutely mow down opposing hitters at age 40. Adam Wainwright, this is something special that you're seeing, folks. I, I, you know, he's elevating himself into that status. Another six innings of shutout baseball today. Really, you could argue maybe not even at his best because he walked three, gave up four hits, so pitched around a little danger as well. But 2.88 ERA, he's got 16 wins. He's not going to win 20. I know the Cardinals said they're going to put him on every fifth day from here on out. Like, he's not, you know, the rest of the guys, they'll they'll mix and match and shuffle them into the rotation however they need to do. But they're going to line it up so Wainwright's pitching every fifth. They tweaked from the beginning to get him this start on Monday, and that's going to line him up to face the Brewers a couple of times. And so they're going to be in a really good position with Adam Wainwright maximizing the number of starts that he's going to have the remainder of the season. 16-7 and seven in his record, you can think back to a couple of times this season where the bullpen blew a game or the offense didn't really provide for him. I mean, he pitched a complete game that he lost at one point early in the season, if I remember correctly. And so Wainwright could certainly be knocking on the door of 20. I don't think he'll get there. I don't even know if he has four starts remaining. He probably does, but that's a a big ask to be able to win every time you go out there. But to me, Adam Wainwright, you know, there have been some marvelous pitching performances. Corbin Burns, in my mind, should win the Cy Young Award, which after his first start of the season, I said he's my pick. I'm changing my pick from whoever I said. It's going to be Corbin Burns. And he's pretty much lived up to the billing. He's been pretty fantastic. But I think Adam Wainwright has been one of the top pitchers in baseball. You consider the innings work, the the, the workload that he has logged for the Cardinals, that in and of itself has been a huge deal, continuing to rack up quality starts. I know he lost his streak in his outing last week at Bush Stadium, but that was he pitched into the ninth, right? That was just one of those deals where you give up your fourth run, which happened. I don't even think he was in the game anymore. That was when Gallegos had entered and got a sacrifice fly. At that point in that game, you trade the out for the run, no question about it. You're happy to give it up. It did cost Wainwright the quality start streak, but he begins a new one hopefully tonight with six innings, no runs, and then we talked about McFarland. He was back at it after having given up the couple of runs in in that game over the weekend on Friday where you say, you know, yeah, you give up the streak, but he's been able to come back out and, and do exactly what he's 
done ever since showing up for the Cardinals. Another scoreless inning tonight. And then let's talk about the Alex Reyes inning because he had to pitch out of some danger. That was a big moment in the game where, at that point, the Cardinals did not open up that seven-run lead. The ninth inning, they came out and just went gangbusters, and that was great. But when Alex Reyes was pitching in that eighth, that's a three-run game. That's a big at-bat. You're facing the meat of the lineup with Pete Alonso coming up. In that pitch he threw to end the inning and the emotion that he showed, that was just tremendous, tremendous baseball. It's why we love the game, and you've got to love it for Alex Reyes, who has, we, we, we talk about it often, the gauntlet that he's been through. Cardinals fans know it well. Ever since he first burst onto the scene back in 2016, it's not been a smooth ride. And only really at the beginning of this season did you finally feel like, okay, Alex Reyes is solidified, he's here, he's here to stay, and he can be confident in that and know that he can just go out and do his job. He earned an all-star nod for it, deservingly so, but then started running into trouble. As often is going to happen in this game, it's a hard game, and especially when you think about relievers, it is hard to find a dominant reliever who doesn't have uh, even a full season at some point in his career where it's just not quite right, and then he bounces back. It's a, Bullpens are fickle, man. It's just the way it goes. And so it wouldn't have been all too surprising to see Reyes after his great start get removed from the closer role, and just not be able to be the same guy through the end of the season. But that is not what is happening at all. Alex Reyes is a weapon for the St. Louis Cardinals in that bullpen, and he proved it again tonight, striking out the side there in the eighth inning. And Cody Whitley then can come on for his scoreless appearance because the pressure was off a little bit. But keep your eyes peeled and and an eye on Cody Whitley because he struck out the side as well there in the ninth inning. He's got an ERA down to 3.63. Of late, he's been able to produce and be maybe another reliable guy in that Cardinals bullpen that when you talk about getting into the nitty-gritty of September baseball, Cody Whitley could be somebody that Mike Schilt could start to to give uh, some more difficult assignments to if he continues to thrive in the opportunities that he receives. But you got to love right now, when you've got Cabrera rolling and Alex Reyes, if he can come back, which it's clear that he's already done that, but for him to be able to return to action, he gave up a walk and a hit tonight, so it was a little bit dangerous, but he... Battled through it as he often did there in the first half. It was only recently where we start to see Alex Reyes have some difficulties uh, when he enters games. And really, you could point to some of those situations and say, look, bringing in Alex Reyes with the bases loaded or or, uh, with base runners on and nowhere to put him, that's a difficult spot to be in. And you remember the the Vogelbach grand slam. He had already been removed from the closer role really at that time, but it was Gallegos that kind of coughed up that game, and it wasn't even a safe situation when Gio came in, and so not even a blown save, but Reyes then comes in. That's a last gasp at that point. It doesn't work out. That's that's hard to pin on Alex Reyes, but the, what's the image? What's the indelible thing that sticks in your mind? It's Vogelbach hitting the grand slam off Alex Reyes, and so that would be really easy for if you're Reyes to just you know get down, to, to not be the same confident player that you had been earlier in the season. And this dude, I mean, if if you had any question about whether he was, you know, what he was made of, Alex Reyes is answering that right now because he comes out and again, and, and again, the Cardinals need because they need them all, right? Like, it's great that they're on a winning streak right now, but they need them all. And uh, you're continuing to face teams that you're going to be vying uh, for those wild card opportunities with. You look at, uh, check in on the standings right now. It looks like the Braves have distanced themselves a little bit in the NL East. And so you're probably talking about, the Phillies and the Mets as the other two teams in that mixture. Of course, Atlanta could fall off and, and, and could then fade back into the wild card conversation rather than have a stranglehold on that division. 
But elsewhere, you've you know you've got the Reds, and right now they are in uh, a spot ahead of the Cardinals, and they are in command of that second wild card spot behind the Dodgers, who head and shoulders. I mean, the, the Dodgers are hosting the wild card game unless the Giants do. The Giants did clinch the postseason berth on Monday, becoming the first team to do so. They're riding an eight-game winning streak. But they're only three games above the Dodgers. I mean, both those teams are tremendous. And so it's possible they kind of could go topsy-turvy and you could see the, the Dodgers taking that division away from San Francisco and then maybe it's the Giants hosting the wild card game. Either way, the Cardinals are flying out west if they're in that if they're in that mixture because uh, nobody's catching those two teams for the... Whoever loses of those two teams, I should say, they're the top wild card. There's no... I don't even know if mathematically uh, there's much hope for that. Uh, to be uh, anything other than I mean the Cardinals cannot catch the Giants I can do I can do that math real quick the Cardinals cannot catch the Giants and so a couple more wins and the Dodgers will then lock themselves into postseason berth as well and then we'll see who it ends up being as the Cardinals are, are trying to force their way into that picture but you've got the Reds and you've got the San Diego Padres I don't really know at this point who I expect the Cardinals should be afraid of. I mean, the Padres have lost four in a row. The Reds have lost twice. And the Cardinals have proven over the last couple of weeks that they can hang with Cincinnati. They took four of six in those recent games. And that's what you had to do. You had to do it to gain ground. And the Cardinals were able to do so. And now, really, I think it boils down to go ahead and try to take this series from the Mets. You don't want to lose any ground at this point. And if you do, if you lose the next two to New York over Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, suddenly you're in a position where you say, hey, we got to worry about them, too because they'll be about a game behind if the Cardinals were to lose their next two. You've got Jake Woodford against Marcus Stroman on Tuesday. That'll be a game that definitely the pitching matchup is going to favor the Mets, but can Woodford do it again? Can he rise to the occasion? Remains to be seen. And then it'll be John Lester going for the Cardinals on Wednesday night, trying to build off of a good start that he had. I kind of neglected to mention it, but in that game on Friday where the Cardinals did lose, Lester went deep. He went seven innings, gave up two runs. And so, I mean, just imagine, you think back to this Cardinals team in June when we're talking about where are they going to find reliable starters? You can't have Wainwright be the only guy who can win you a game. What's going to happen down the stretch? Are the Cardinals going to be able to figure this out? And lo and behold, it's freaking John Lester that you're talking about. Yep, seven innings, two runs. John Lester could be a a weapon for you down the stretch into September. Just imagine Cardinals getting into a playoff series and, and running out Adam Wainwright, maybe John Lester, maybe you, you go kind of pseudo bullpen game because we're, we're hearing that Dakota Hudson, Jack Flaherty, probably not going to be returning to the starting rotation if they're able to make it to the big leagues or back to the big leagues in the case of Jack this season. But I could see a scenario where you piggyback those two, each of them go three innings, and that's your solution for a playoff game. I mean, we're getting a little bit, of, uh, a little bit ahead of ourselves here, the cart before the horse, but... It's interesting to kind of think about what that could look like. You would not have a traditional rock star rotation. Your game one starter is Adam Wainwright because he's proven, and this is something too that was kind of uh, the notion of him last year, was great at Bush Stadium, right? But on the road in 2020, not so much. This season, it doesn't matter. He had a few starts, maybe two early in the season where back in like April, where on the road it was a little rough, but you can kind of isolate those down to one of them being like his first game of the season where he kind of got shelled a little bit there, but it was kind of dink and dunk. And then another one where he just didn't pitch well. And otherwise, he's been really good on the road too. He proves it again tonight. I don't think it matters where you are. Adam Wainwright, if you get into a playoff series, 
He's pitching game one because you know you got to have a chance to pitch him twice. And I'd pitch him on short rest, too, if it came down to it. Like, he's he is that bulldog. He is that dude. And he's out there proving it right now. But going to be interesting to see kind of how the Cardinals rotation lines up if they get themselves into that scenario. But they got to get there first. And so you want to do everything you can to at least split with the Mets the next couple of days because that would be another series in your pocket. And I know that right now the Padres are scuffling. But when they come to Bush Stadium next weekend, Friday, September 17th, 18th and 19th, you better, it's on like Donkey Kong. Like, you've got to be ready for that series. It will be the biggest series of the season because you've already seen the Reds for the last time. You've done everything you can against them to to say, hey, we, you know, put your cards on the table, chips fall where they may. The cards, no pun intended, put their cards toward four out of six against Cincy over the last couple of weeks. That's important. They did their job against the Reds, and that's all you can do. And now you've got the Padres. You have got to find a way to win that series doesn't matter if they come in on a winning streak, on a losing streak. It's going to be a huge series for the Cardinals, and they'll make sure to line up their pitching the way they need to. But, you know, Tatis coming to town, that's going to be that's going to be something because you recall that wild card series last year. Cardinals really felt like they had that series, and they kind of let it slip away, in my opinion, where you lose game two, game three, Jack Flaherty shows up and pitches a great game, but it just wasn't enough as Cardinals' offense falls silent. That's going to be such a big series coming up this weekend. Do not want to get too far ahead of ourselves. You've got to, if you're the St. Louis Cardinals, stay focused on the task at hand. I think they're just demonstrating a great ability to do that right now with the way they've come around of late. So bullpen, riding high. You want to give credit to Alex Reyes. Gallegos has been good. Uh, Cabrera is showing life we haven't seen on his fastball for a while. He hit triple digits over the weekend. I mean, I believe that was in Sunday's game. It's just things are trending in a really good direction for the Cardinals right now to where, you know, and I'm not trying to to throw it out there. And I know on Twitter, if you do this, people say, oh, you're jinxing it. I'd almost be surprised at this point if the Cardinals don't find a way to sneak into the postseason. I looked at flights tonight to Los Angeles for October 6th. I really did. I'm thinking, you know, this could end up being a thing. The only reason I didn't probably book it is because you could also end up having to go to San Francisco that week as well. It's going to be on a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So, like right now, the Cardinals, it's just, especially if they can get the offense going. If that happens, forget about it. Not only can the Cardinals get themselves into the postseason, but they can actually make a run because that's been their bugaboo the entire season. Inconsistency on the offense. But you've got the guys. You've got the horses to be able to do it. We've been talking about the names that are in this lineup to the Cardinals won it all along. Doesn't mean you're going to, you know, doesn't mean you're going to get the, a top 10 offense suddenly. I don't think that's likely, but just maybe a little more consistency. Even tonight where the Cardinals were able to score in three separate innings out of the first five, that's better than what we've seen at times. But if you get Paul Goldschmidt rolling, really there's no if about Tyler O'Neill. He's been rolling another two-hit night tonight. Nolan Arenado has been a little more hit and miss, but when he comes through, boy does. He has another big RBI tonight for the Cardinals. And even Yachty coming around 3-for-5. So up and down the lineup. Should mention Harrison Bader as well with a 3-for-4 game. Able to tack on some more insurance for the Cardinals there in the ninth inning. I don't know, folks. You let me know what you think. But I'm starting to think the Cardinals might just have something here. And if you look around them, everybody's crumbling around them. I know it's a day-to-day game and that you could easily see the Reds or Padres going a run. But right now the Cardinals are tied with the Padres. And they're just a half game behind Cincinnati. So... It's all right there in front of them. How long have we been saying that phrase on B-Shape Daily? It's all right before them. 
Cardinals were able to win tonight on Monday on a day where the Reds did not play. Now you're kind of hoping for some help from the Pirates. I know that one very difficult element of this, and I could ultimately have to backtrack my comment a moment ago about I'd be surprised if the Cardinals don't make it. The way they don't make it, probably the most obvious way they don't make it, is that the Reds win 8 out of 9 against the Pirates the rest of the season because they do play Pittsburgh preposterously nine more times before the end of the year. Don't know how that happened. I don't know who came up with that schedule, but nine games against the Pirates at this time of year when it's possible they could just decide to mail it in, that could be the thing that tanks the Cardinals because the Cardinals are going to have pretty much series in and series out difficult opponents to face. If the Pirates just fall flat, nine games, that's that's tough. They do play the Dodgers, they do play the Braves, they get the White Sox for a couple, so it's not it's not like it's all Pirates, but it pretty much feels like half Pirates for the Reds the rest of the season. Cardinals are going to have their work cut out for them, but hey, they're handling it so far against those teams. Remember back when we talked about the Cardinals and how they weren't able to beat good teams? When are they, when are they going to be able to handle their business against fellow contenders if they want to classify themselves as contenders? Well... They were able to split with the Dodgers, and I know that's not some big heroic act, but the way they did it, I think, there's some some positives to be taken away from that because they won the latter two games in that series to be able to do it. Remember game three of that series was the Wainwright outing where he said, "I we had to win this game, and said, in all honesty, we've got to get the split. We have to split with these guys. Cardinals did, and then they took two of three from the Reds, another contender, and now they're facing the Mets, a team that still has some designs on on making noise in that wild card chase. And the Cardinals are going to try to put that to rest. And they, they win the game convincingly on Monday. So they're starting to play better, and they're doing it against those teams that at the beginning of the year it seemed like the Cardinals just didn't have much of a chance to beat. I mean, those numbers were damning early on. It was like unless you were playing the Marlins or the Pirates, or the Diamondbacks, I think, were mixed in there as well, and they were playing really, really bad. Uh, you weren't winning if you were the Cardinals. That was just the nature of it. They, it took them forever to win a series against a, a team that didn't have a losing record. So now the Cardinals are starting to come around at the right time. We'll end up talking about it as it goes along. A big game on Tuesday. All of them are going to be big. And what will Jake Woodford do against Marcus Stroman? Stroman always brings a lot of electricity to the table. He's a very eccentric guy. He's a high-energy guy. He's an athletic guy. So... Cardinals are going to have their work cut out for them. If the lineup is able to just come up with a few runs off of Stroman, if you get three and five, three runs in five innings, you take that, turn it over to the Mets bullpen, and, and try to figure out a way to add on from there. Cardinals side, you know, you did use some relievers today. You've been re- leaning on these guys pretty heavily, but at the same time, you've kind of got a core group of five or six right now that you're able to trust instead of just three. And so you can just keep running through those guys, and the rest of the guys – can just hang out, and if you've got a lead, they could just wait till the next day when you need some some guys to mop up innings because there are going to be those days. But right now, if the Cardinals have their five, and I'll even throw Whitley in as number six, you can let me know if I'm, I'm leaving anybody out that should be considered among this kind of A team. But I think you can almost add McFarland, add Garcia to the de facto A team and say when you've got any three of those five that are ready to roll on a given day, you should feel pretty good about your chances if you're coming into the seventh inning with a lead or even maybe into the sixth inning because you know that some of those guys are able to go one-plus innings and get to two. Reyes did it just last week. So things are coming together, and it's going to be fascinating to track as the Cardinals continue to try to chase down that wild-card spot. They still haven't done it. They're still out of wild-card position, 
But it feels right now like the, the tables are beginning to turn. And if they're just able to ride that momentum and to continue, do what they can offensively, get good starting pitching. I mean, that's been a part of it. Michaelis's start has been the worst start of the five if you go one trip through the rotation. And that's a game the Cardinals won because he was able to, after giving up a couple of home runs there early, and they were both two-run shots, mind you. It got 4 nothing so quickly in that game. But Michaelis was able to get through five innings. He probably could have gone deeper if not for trying to, you know, maximize the opportunities offensively. He only threw 71 pitches. So you feel good about where the rotation's at. Woodford's probably the biggest question mark, but he can go a long way to answering those questions with another good outing on Tuesday. What he did against the Dodgers was fine. Four innings, one run. I think that was was the way that lined up. Do that again, you could absolutely live with that. Now, you might be asking a little bit much of the Cardinals' bullpen on Tuesday, this time specifically, if that ends up being the way it goes down. But I think you'd probably take it just because it, you know that it means you're in the game, and you know you're probably going to have to lean on these relievers anyway. You're going to kind of sink or swim with that the, the strength of that bullpen. So right now, you can kind of be okay with that if you're the Cardinals. Just as the offense, you got to find a way to be able to help them out. And they did on, on Monday, so we'll see what happens. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe and do the whole rate and review thing as well on Apple Podcasts. I know there's the option to rate and review, and I believe Spotify does it as well. So would love to have your reviews on there, what you think of the show. Hit me up on Twitter at for 12 if you've got any topics you'd like me to discuss on future episodes of the podcast. But that's going to do it for this one. We'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace.